Hey everyone, this is Jason from the Rams Review Podcast. Just before we get stuck into the episode, I want to take a quick moment to promote something us here at the Rams Review Podcast are very passionate about, the Fan Hub app. Football without fans is nothing, that's why Fan Hub is on a mission to put fans first. This app is now available on Apple and Google stores. The Fan Hub app has lots of fun things for fans of football to do, including competing against fellow fans in predicting lineups and checking on match days. Also, lots of real fan media content for each club, including us here at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download it today and be part of putting fans first. Currently, there is a waiting list for the app, but we can give you a unique code to help you jump the queue. Check out on our socials for more info. This is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to the another episode of the Rams Review Podcast. And today we have to talk about the trip to Swansea next Saturday, um, a game that's getting more and more that Derby need to get a result uh, after yesterday's debacle yet again. Um, there'll be plenty more chat about that later on. Uh, but for the first section of the podcast, it's it's focusing on Swansea and Tom is joining us from Total Swans TV. Tom, thanks for joining us again. As mentioned just before off air, this a little bit of a different circumstance and better weather than when we uh, when we last spoke earlier on this year. How are you doing, mate? Uh, doing good. Uh, feeling a lot more relaxed this afternoon. Um, obviously, with the result, uh, we got a draw against Reading. Uh, could have held on for the win at the end, a little bit scrappy. But I'm feeling feeling good now that you know we've secured a playoff spot. Uh, for the second season running at Reading for the second season as well. Um, but a little bit less dramatic compared to last season's final day. But yeah, um, the weather is certainly different. I'm a little bit blinded by the sun this afternoon um, compared to, I think, like you said earlier, it was uh, absolutely hammering down the last time we spoke. Mm. But yeah, um, and the last time we spoke was a very, you know, after we spoke, I think it was a, it was a positive result for Derby over Swansea City. Um, and yeah, it's gone a bit, of a roller coaster rapid downhill for you guys pretty much since then. It has, yeah. We're praying for a, certainly praying for a similar result on Saturday if that comes or not is anybody's <laughs> guess. But yeah, I mean, as I say, normally first question is how's the season gone? Well, we clearly know how the season's gone for Swansea. They've been right up there uh, for the whole of it. I think my first question is. <laughs> I don't mean it to be a negative one, as you've just secured the the playoff place. But obviously, I think the last time we spoke, you were probably in second place, or you're certainly gunning down in that top two and three. My first question for you, Tom, is what is it that obviously that that gap's gotten too much too much now for Swansea? What's been what's been the difference in the last three or four months? Why is it is it Swansea have just kind of struggled to keep up with the pace of it? 
Um, I, th- I think it's honestly come down to squad depth. Um, at the end of the day, we've had a couple of injuries. We've had one or two suspensions. Um, but when you look at the squads that we've been amongst, uh, the teams we've been amongst all season, their squad size, their depth for a starting eleven, um, is is far greater than Swansea's. Um, and you know you've got three of those clubs who have come straight down from the Premier League. Um, it's the first time two have gone up straight away since I think two thousand and nine. Um, so I think Premier League money is still massive when you come down to the Championship, and you know they've now got to give up their. Um, parachute payments for the next two seasons but they're going back to the Premier League so again they're going to be you know um, money's going to be thrown at again Um, so I think that's the main reason why we've sort of fallen off um, you know with the race for the automatics Um, it's been sort of since since February March time we've just not you know this month and a half two months has just completely derailed us as far as automatic promotion uh, and you know Watford have just stormed it Bournemouth have stormed it up until you know they lost the other, um, last night or Friday night against Brentford those teams around us with that squad depth whenever they've missed a key player they've been able to replace them with you know a very very good a very good player um, whereas for the Swans you know when we've got Andre Ayew out we've got the likes of Liam Cullen coming in uh, Morgan Whitaker or Wayne Routledge and nothing against those players, but Routledge is at the end of his career. Whitaker is a player for the future. And Liam Cullen is pretty much just sort of breaking into the first team. So we haven't got that depth um, for the first team like a lot of those teams around us have. And I think that's really where we've been caught out. We tried to invest a little bit in January, bringing you know, the two Americans over, bringing in Horahan. Um, and it, to be fair, other than a couple of um, good free kicks, it's not really paid off with Hurrahan. Um, and clearly we know what's happened with uh, Ariola and Jordan Morris. Just, yeah, I think the recruitment was decent, but not, not enough in January to get us over the line for automatics. And when I look at it, I mean, I have to, I have to use this because looking at where Derby are at the minute is just that depressing. Um, so focusing it on Swansea, those playoffs, normally you always get a team that kind of comes into it in form. As you say, I don't think Swansea are necessarily in form. I know Brentford have wobbled a, a little bit as well. Obviously, Bournemouth are probably the team that are in a little bit more form than anybody else. But the, these playoffs now, obviously, still a couple of league games to go. And obviously, I know it's very, very, very close with everybody on points. Certainly, the, the, the three above you. Um, jostling for you know that to that home leg second. It feels like that these playoffs could be wide open. I th- I, th- I really do, for, for me personally. It, Swans, you yourself and Swans fans, are, are you looking at it in the same way? Um, I mean, I don't really know who I want to play in the playoffs. I don't know if I want to fin- try and finish, you know, fifth, fourth, third, sixth. Um, if, if we'd gotten the win today, we'd have been third. Brentford are in pole position to get third place. They got a game in hand. They're a point better off than everyone else in the playoffs. But yeah, there's a point separating third and sixth for the playoff spot. So um, we've still got Watford to play. We've got obviously Derby on Saturday. Um, I don't think Bournemouth have got a very easy run in and neither of Brentford. Um, Barnsley, I don't know. I'm a little bit fearful of Barnsley. I just think they might have this sort of, I don't know, sort of sneaky chance of getting into the final and who knows over 90 minutes um but you know i tried me and Corey had a little quick little chat before we went live i think and um 
I don't really know who I'd want to play. You know, if you play Bournemouth over two legs, it could end up being 10-2 to Bournemouth over two legs, or it could end up being 2-1 to Swansea. Um, if you play Brentford, I think that's probably our most sort of even matched sort of team of the playoffs to play, as versus Brentford. You know, we've both been there all season. Bournemouth of the last, you know, nine, ten games stormed into the playoffs. Same, similar as Watford have stormed to the top of the league um, in similar form. But yeah, form, you know, goes out the window in the playoffs. The season's over. It's like a little mini tournament. It's a knockout, theoretically, every game. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to play Bournemouth, get it done over two legs, maybe. And then hopefully Barnsley could do something against Brentford, that sort of scenario. Um, but it's interesting how close it is. Um, and it's good that it's all wrapped up now. No one can fall out or, you know, climb into the playoffs in the next two games. Um, but with one point separating those four teams, it, it's for anyone. It's really for anybody to finish you know, third or sixth. I think I'll bring you in on that point as well, Corey. When you looked at it, I mean, if, if we were lucky enough, and we're certainly not, to be in that position, I think you're, uh, Bournemouth, I don't, for me, I think Bournemouth would be one of those teams. Well, I mean, obviously, we've, over the last few years, had this. Um and you do look at it where who would you rather, who do you think you'd be better off against in over two legs, obviously, rather than ju- just that one off, one off game in the final. And I actually do think, but like you said, Barnsley would certainly at home be the, 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 that's their, you know, that's their way that they play a certain way as well. And obviously DK at the minute is, is pretty much on fire. Um, I think Bournemouth, and, I, and I'm only taking that, obviously we've not played you twice yet and you're the only team out of those four that we haven't played twice yet this season. But I think over the two games, for me, what I've seen, Brent, uh, uh, Bournemouth are the team that I would say, Corey, that has come up against Derby twice and didn't necessarily leave a great impression on me. Obviously, Derby took four points out of those two games. Um, that's about 25% of what we've managed to achieve. Um and you know when you, when you look at it, I'd be I'd be looking at Bournemouth and going, that's that's a game we can win. Yeah, I think Bournemouth and Brentford were the two teams that Derby were able to to do quite well with. I think Derby took four points off of uh, Bournemouth, and then how many did they take off? Of, I think they took two off of Brentford, didn't they, Jason? Uh, we certainly drew away. I'm trying to think of the result at home. I actually can't remember. I can't remember how we did at home. But we certainly drew with them at the new Griffin Park. Yeah, I think I think that Bournemouth, like you say, Tom, is one of them teams that um, you know. I think I think if I wanted to play Brentford, I think if I wanted to play Brentford, I'd want to play Brentford in the final. I wouldn't want to come across Brentford in two legs because I think they're too dangerous in two legs. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth, I think would be a really nice matchup for for Swansea uh, in terms of different things because Barnsley have a bit of steel about them and play a, a little bit of a different way than than the, than the other teams in, in in and around that playoff. And no disrespect to Barnsley because they've absolutely been outstanding this season the way they've built their team and, and gone up. So yeah, um, I think Bournemouth. I think, the, would probably I think the pressure. Sorry, Corey. There, I think Barnsley. It's it's the pressure and experience of being. In, that in, top in, end. in and around that yeah. thing, yeah. Brentford. So, Tom, with that, with that being said, and obviously we've just said now we want to, we want you guys to play Bournemouth. Um, are you guys going to do uh, Derby a, a favor on Saturday? And I don't know, let the goalkeeper go and like fix the corner flag if they put it in or something, or <laughs> is it just um, a, what, what's what's the mood in the camp and, and Steve Cooper in the club? Are they is it playoffs are secure? We don't care, or is it we want to try to get third? No, so we can have I a think... more favorable tie potentially. I think, you know, the mentality is still to go out and try and win every game. 
Um, yes, the playoffs are secure, but the season's not over. Uh, there's still, you know, two two very important games to go. Um, both at the moment are positions with an awful lot to play for. Um, Derby County, obviously, with safety. If Rotherham can pull something crazy out the bag um, in their next three games, then you know Derby are really in it. If they lose on Saturday to the Swans, and with Watford, you know they're still chasing Norwich down for for the championship. So it, I think Cooper will just go for it. Um, like he has, they, you know, people will say, oh, he's rotated. But if you look at our last sort of four or five games, we've heavily rotated anyway. You know, there's been three changes almost every game. Um, I think it'll be something similar. I don't think, you know, we got players on the bench like Ollie Cooper. Um, I don't think, you know, he's someone who's going to necessarily get a start just because, you know, we've guaranteed ourselves a playoff spot. Um, you know, maybe if we couldn't move out a sixth up to, up to fifth or, you know, we can move up to third. But if we couldn't even move up a position... Maybe, maybe, you know, he'd go a little bit of a weaker rotation sort of side, but there's still everything to play for. You know, we can still finish third. Um, as I say, Derby are fighting for, for their life down the bottom and what for the chase of Norwich. So I don't think Cooper's gonna gonna ease off at all. The mentality will still be there, uh, whether the performance will match it, but you know, we will want to go out and try and win those those final two games. And Jason, Tom, we've seen this many times, and this is the kind of the conundrum, the, the issue that Cooper's got to balance is he wants players to be fit and firing, um, but he also wants them to be informed. So, you know, that's the same thing. Do you make wholesale changes to make sure that your starting 11's fit for the playoffs where they're not necessarily clicking on all cylinders? It's that kind of, right, they keep ticking over, they keep playing, but you're, you potentially could risk an injury to to a key man. Um, yeah. Or, you know, do you make some changes and change the balance of the squad and then they're not they, they lose a couple games, have a couple indifferent performances going into the playoffs. So it's going to be a very interesting um, balancing act. I want to talk to you about a player, Tom, uh, three players actually, and you've already mentioned them. Uh, yep. you read, I don't know why you read my notes beforehand. Uh, <laughs> Morgan Whitaker obviously came from Derby to, to Swansea. Um, how's, how's Morgan, how's Morgan been doing? Um. I think he's been signed perfectly for a player for the future. Certainly, someone to develop um, and hopefully become, you know, a, a sort of fixed member of the starting eleven um, over time. But he's sort of, you know, eased his way in to the team. There's been a few games where he's come on and made a really good impact. Um, unfortunately, he's not been able to get a championship goal this season. He got one back uh, for us against City in the, in the FA Cup. Um, but he's you know 19 games, 19 appearances, I believe, for in the league this season. No goals between you know, Derby and and the Swans. Um, but it's you know he's certainly someone for the future, and he's exciting. He certainly wants to get on the end of the ball. I think he could maybe do with bulking up a little bit for a bit you know a bit more upper body strength, and hopefully not lose much pace with that. Because um, he's certainly though he's a tall boy, he's certainly quite a small frame. So. Um, you know, you could maybe do a bulking up a little bit to sort of deal with championship defenders or hopefully next season premiership defenders. Yeah, he does. He does um, look a little bit like a beanstalk from time to time. To be fair, he's, you know, he's probably got a bit more height on me, but we're sort of built, I'd say, the same other than he's athletic and I'm no longer, you know, no um, involvement whatsoever with uh, with physical activities. But uh, yeah, we're sort of the same sort of frame. Um, probably was at his age of 20. I probably looked. Probably if we stood next to each other, probably you know be the same sort of uh, same sort of dap. But it's interesting. It'd be good to see. A lot of fans have been calling out for him to start in games. Where, you know the games after where he's come on and made a sort of an impact. 
um, or looked sharp, you know, being come on for 10 minutes and probably been the most active attacking player throughout the 90. Um, so player people have, you know, sort of called for him to start the next game. It hasn't happened. You know, people have then had to complain at Cooper and whatnot. Um, but yeah, definitely someone for the future. And, you know, could be an exciting player if uh, it developed well. So, yeah, looks a good promising player. The other two players were uh, Paul Ariola and Jordan Morris. Both are no longer with Swansea. Um, two Americans, that's why I'm asking about them. Yeah. Um, brought in, Paul's from the, the club just up the road from me, DC United, and obviously Jordan Morris from Seattle Sounders. And I know Morris, I think he scored on his first couple Swansea uh, debut, uh, first couple Swansea games, if not on his debut. But then obviously he tore his ACL, Jordan Morris, and then Ariola had a bit of a quad injury, and they both have now since returned. Um, is it a case of you would have wanted to see more of them, or was it just a case of you didn't see enough to really feel that it kind of damaged the squad, or did would it have helped them in terms of the squad depth had they still been there? Um, I think it certainly would. Well, it certainly would have helped with the squad depth. Um, you know, having two sort of more senior players um, on the on the on the bench if if they weren't starting. Um, you know, I mean, Ollie Cooper wasn't really getting a, a, a seat on the bench when Jordan Morris was had joined us and was fit. Uh, Ariola featured on the bench a few times, got one or two appearances for us. Looked all right, to be fair. Was was looking forward to seeing them both. You know, Jordan Morris came on a couple of times, um, got into some good positions. Um, but I really feel probably one of his strengths is getting the ball and driving forward through the middle of the midfield, getting through the heart of the defence, um, rather than, um, you know, doing too much damage on the left-hand side. So we didn't see an awful lot of either of them to really, you know, give a solid opinion on them. Um, Jordan Morris's injury was, was awful um, and... Yeah, you can see how much it meant, how how hard it could, how hard he took it um, with his family uh, and an awful lot of the, uh, the Seattle fans as well and his teammates. I, I think I saw the video when he returned to training. Um, when he, obviously he's not training, but he went to the training ground um, with Seattle and all the players come over to see him uh, and welcomed him back. So I think he was missed there and not really made the most of while we had him um, prior to his injury. For Ariola. Um, is he actually injured? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because um, in the back of my mind, I just think it's something political with whatever he put out on Twitter years back. I honestly, deep down, think he was not necessarily sent back, but not involved in a few games after that came out, down to that. Um, whether or not this injury is... As serious as what they make yeah. it out to be or whatever. Yeah, I'm, to be fair, in the back of my mind, I don't like to think, oh, yeah, they're really hiding that from us. But I don't know. You know, what he said when he was a kid can be deemed, you know, quite bad. It was said however many years ago, like nine years ago or something. Um, and, you know, people digging out old, old tweets for whatever reason. Um, I, I just think, I just think, honestly, it came down to something to do with that. I hope it didn't, and I hope his injury isn't too serious if he is really injured. But I think it was a little bit more than uh, than an injury there. And I would have liked to have seen more of, of Ariola as well, because like I say, he did look like a promising player. Um, and I really think, um, I think it was like a few days after his partner came over to the country as well. That was it. He was injured. He was out with the team and then they returned. Um, so it's unfortunate. Um, I wish that, they, that you know, they could have stuck around and made an impact on the team. And Jason, um, before I turn it over to you, one more question for you, Tom. Um, we spoke when we spoke back in the in the winter. We had this conversation. We had this kind of existential conversation about 
would you rather be dominant in the championship for a consistent period of time or go up to the Premier League and struggle? Now Swansea have um, confirmed their playoff status. You still having that existential crisis or are you just are you getting more excited <laughs> to return to the promised land of the Premier League? I mean, it's still very far away. Um, obviously, the playoffs are still three and a half, four weeks away. Um, still got league games to go. Um, there's still a lot of football to go until you know we can get excited and really get built up for the playoffs. I haven't really had a lot of time this afternoon for it to sort of sink in. It's not really, you know, if we'd won, it would be more of a celebratory sort of, you know, yay, we made it to the playoffs. But I think that the conceding that final um, equalising goal at the end was sort of a blow. Um, yeah, it's a massive achievement for Steve Cooper and the boys back to back um, playoff seals, you know, for the two years. Um, and hopefully we can go that one step further and get, at least get to the final, have, you know, a bit of a party about it. Um, I don't know. Those three, two and a half, three, three years we were in the Premier League, the final three years we were in the Premier League, they were painful. They were really, really painful. Um, you know, we lost Fernando Llorente and Gelfie Sigurdsson in one, in one uh, transfer window and that really killed us in the Premier League. So, you know, it comes down to if you are one of the smaller clubs in the Premier League, you know, doing okay season after season, but then have two of your main players um, taken away from you, it, it really can um, cause problems if you don't reinvest in the right way. And we certainly didn't do that while we were in the Premier League and we really haven't done it since we've come down. Probably the smartest transfer move we've made since being in the Championship is keeping hold of Andre Ayew. In all honesty, we've made some good signings as far as loan signings, but as far as a permanent signing, keeping hold of Andre Ayew for these last two seasons has probably been the best, best you know, sort of transfer business we've been able to do. Um, and I, I like the Championship. I like the engagement of Championship fans. I mean, I wasn't really doing uh, any con any YouTube content when we were in the Premiership. Uh, even though I should have, it made no sense not to. Um, I really should have. Um, but yeah, I started making the content when we come back down to the championship and engaging with the opposite fans like podcasts, collaborating on videos, um, whatever it is. A lot of the fans seem a lot more engaging and not really Premier League entitled fans, if that sort of makes a sense, uh, makes any sense. Um, but I, I would like to return to the Premier League to answer your question. I think I'd like to get back up there and mix it with the best. Leeds have done a fantastic job. You know, they're doing the similar job to what, you know, what we did the first year we were back in the league. Um, so yeah, I'd rather be back up there than maybe struggling next season. But um, I think it would be somewhat of a struggle in the Premier League next year anyway. Whatever league we're going to be in, it's going to be tough. So, Tom, I'm, con I'm contractually obligated to not talk about Leeds. So with that, I will, I will turn <laughs> that one, I will turn that one over to Jason. <laughs> My question, my question to you is, Tom, what what is the expectation for Swansea in the playoffs? Is it like you say to go that one step further and and dream of potentially, you know, just turning up on the day on the day at Wembley and and grabbing a result, or is the expectation that you've been there for two seasons, you kind of know what it's all about, that this is your year where you you know you should go up? Um. I mean, it'd be lovely to return to Wembley again, especially if fans can attend. Um, I've been fortunate to go to Wembley on three occasions, once for an M&M gig, which was amazing. And on the other two occasions, one was the playoff final against Reading. Um, and the occasion after that was the, the League Cup final against Bradford. So on all three occasions, uh, I visited the capital and Wembley Stadium. It's been amazing. It's been a hell of a party atmosphere. 
every time. So, you know, I'd like to continue that tradition. That's for sure. I'd like to, you know, get back to Wembley um, for the first time in 10 years or first time in eight years. Um, and yeah, mix it, as I say, mix it with the best in the Premier League. Why would any fan not want that? Um, you know, you want to get back to the Premier League as much as it's, you know, had sort of bad press the last few weeks. Um, the Premier League is the place to be. The football needs sorting out, but the Premier League is the place to be. The only thing I'm a little bit dubious of is I really don't want VAR involved in 90 minutes of football that I watch. I, I don't. I really don't. Some of the decisions I've watched the last few days, the red card yesterday, I think it was West Ham. Um, what a farce of a decision it. that was. I don't, like, where's the player supposed to put his foot? He's just hit the ball. Where is he going to put his foot? Um, but anyway, that's, that's that league. I'd love to get back to it, but I mean... Yeah, why not? Aim, aim for one step better, one game at a time. You know, try and do well in the semis, get through to the final, and then, you know, it's down to 90 minutes. Um, I just hope those 90 minutes aren't against Bournemouth. So, I mean, may, maybe Corey Derby fans could write off this season we'd make our own breakaway league with the, <laughs> you know, the, the better six in the championship over the last few years because we'd probably be both in it and then, you know, be a bit more competitive. To be honest, Jason, with the way this Derby team is, we could play Michelover Sports and Ilkeston and we'd struggle in a Super League there as well. Yeah, we would. That, that's, that's, that's... Is it time for my favourite segment of the show, Jason? I think it is. I mean, oh, no, it's not. I, I do want oh. to quickly, very quickly touch. And the only reason I'm touching on it is because Derby actually got the result. Uh, was that game at Pride Park earlier on this season. And Tom, obviously we spoke, we, we did the preview with you. I, I know it's you probably don't even care now you've secured playoff status, but I do want to ask your opinions on that particular game. Obviously, Swansea were, were doing pretty well. And it felt to me, as from a Derby's perspective, was that Swansea turned up and just expected to get the result and Derby kind of hit them early. And they didn't really know how to react against, against Derby. They didn't really know how to... I don't know how to. How can anybody who's a Derby fan this season say a team cannot know how to come and play against Derby? That is <laughs> that is a ridiculous statement. But for for me personally, that's how it felt. It felt that's not not arrogance. I'm not sure it's arrogance, but Swansea turned up and was expecting it to be a little bit easier than it turned out to be in the end. I think so, especially when you look at. I'm just looking back at some of the results leading up to that game. So that was um, <clears throat> 16th of December. The weekend before was the South Wales derby, which we comfortably won 2-0. Um, and yeah, I mean, we drew against Bournemouth before that, beat Luton, lost to Borough, beat Forest, beat Wednesday, beat Rotherham, lost to Norwich. So going, in, going into that game, we were looking, well, we certainly were the team in form going into that game. Um, it did us well losing against you guys, because after that, we actually went on a five, nine game unbeaten run. Um, after that, Welcome. so so thanks for that. But yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind doing a similar thing again. Maybe losing to you on Saturday, and then going on a five-game winning run—that'd be all right, wouldn't it? Again, back oh. to the Premier League. Right, but, no, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the end of the podcast. Then that's it. We're picking up the results. Just, uh, just call <laughs> Steve Cooper and let him know that plan, Jason. <laughs> that'll be fine. We'll yeah. be safe. You can go up. I'm, I'm happy to end it there. We'll see you next season. That's. <laughs> That's fine. No. So if only it, football was that simple, Tom. If only, mate, if only. So how many points does Derby need to be safe? Is it just the win? Uh, well, yes. it's all on Rotherham. It's all on Rotherham. And but, they have Brentford midweek. Yeah, they've got Brentford and then a tasty fixture against Barnsley. Uh, have okay. they got Barnsley as well, I think? No, they played Barnsley. They've already played Barnsley. 
Oh, they already played Barnsley, haven't yeah. they? So even they've, got got Brentford. they've definitely got Brentford. Yeah, so yeah. even if they drop points midweek, they can But they've also got up. to play Wickham, I think. Right, okay. Yeah, so they're on 39, you're on 43. So even if they lose midweek to Brentford, they still have a chance of catching you guys. Yeah, they've got they've got Brentford, Blackburn, Luton, and Cardiff. So it's not easy. Definitely not an easy run in. And you guys have us and Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, the last game of the season at home. And again, they're still fighting they're for their still, life as well. So they're, still, I mean, they're on level on points. They're level on points with Rotherham now. So I mean, not to you know sound bad, but you guys could drop down to twenty third. Okay, well that's the end of the podcast. With two bad results. Tom, best of luck in the Premier League. The, we'll find the, league, the, the league this season is bonkers. Been, it's been so below par. Yeah. As well, though, as far as nobody's run away with it. Yes, Norwich have done very well, but. You know, they can still be pipped to the title. Only one team has gone down officially. And, you know, all right, one of those two in the relegation zone are going down. One of the two, if not both of them. But the only other team to replace is going to replace them is going to be Derby County, if anyone. Um, I, I said this, when, when did I say this? I said this throughout the season. Teams like Wednesday and Derby are too big to go down to League One. The, the 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 damage it can do, and you've seen it with teams like Wigan have gone down, um, and you know uh, Sunderland have gone down. These big big clubs, all right, yeah, they they best part of history may have been 10, 15 years ago, but these are big football clubs purely because you know Premier League days uh, in the early nineties and that sort of thing. But these are big football clubs with big followings and should be comfortably in the Championship season in season out. Yeah. Um, but somebody has to go down. And that is the beauty of football. And that's why the Super League was kicked to the curb because it's competitive and anybody should be able to beat anybody. And the top team, you know, the best team in the league should have the opportunity to be relegated and win the take and win the league at the same time. You know, it's it's such a competitive league. And the fact that, you know, relegation still isn't confirmed, the playoffs are right, are done, but no one knows who's, who, who they're guaranteed to play yet. So there's still so much to play for. The, the title is still undecided. It, it almost makes me not want to go to the Premier League because it is such an entertaining league. It is such an entertaining league and there's so much to fight for. Um, I've probably got one question for you guys. Do you guys think you'll do it? Stay up. <laughs> Um, before I answer that, I just want to make one point on what you've just said there, which doesn't bode well, but it's related to that question. When you look at the teams that you've just mentioned, Ipswich, Sunderland, Portsmouth, what what one thing could you probably culminate, culminate and say they all had in common? They weren't ran very well. Derby yeah, bad, County, ownership, bad ownerships. Derby County are not ran very well at this not, moment no, in time. Not at the moment in time. So, yeah, I mean, Yesterday was a big one for us. For, for me personally, it was the first time that I thought, right, Derby are banging trouble now. I didn't think we, I thought we'd sneak out of it. Having to rely on Rotherham, who, let's face it, aren't in good form either. It's the Sheffield Wednesday one because we've still got to play in that last game of the season. Mm. If it was to, if Rotherham slip off, which kind of form shows that they, they will, they'll, they'll, they'll fall short. If it comes down, to us and Sheffield Wednesday, the last game of the season with a winner-take-all, I'm not that confident that Derby have got the same fight as Sheffield Wednesday. I, I really don't. But their obviously, results, Sheffield have to win both games. So. Their results have been quite very mixed. Though. When they win games, they win games well. Like, when they beat us the other week. It's just... I don't know. 
Like I say, it's, it's such an entertaining league. It's such an entertaining league. So well, we beat them 2-0 the other week. But they, they, their performances, when they do win, they're scoring quite a few goals. Um, and I think that could be one of the worrying things. I mean, who goes and beats Cardiff 5-0 then loses 4-1 to Kupiak? Well, there is that. And I think the other thing is Rotherham at the minute, from everything that I've heard, Rotherham, even in the last three or four games, they've played well, deserved something out of the game, but the results haven't been coming. Yeah, And we all know in this division, if you can't play well, but you can grab a result, that is is massive in this. Well, it's yeah. massive in, in any division. If, if you can pick up results, why you're not performing well? But Rotherham are playing pretty well, but not picking up the performances. Yeah. And that's what makes me think... I think, it, for me personally, I appreciate they've got two games in hand. Sheffield Wednesday worry me more because they've got Forrest on Saturday who aren't going to do us a favour. No. And then us. <laughs> so, you know, and we probably won't do ourselves a favour. So that's, I'm, I'm prepared for it. I still think we've got, at the end of the day, we're above that line at the minute. And I think that's, yeah. that's the yeah. mindset that there has to be. We're, we're above that line at the minute and it will take... It will take something special for that to change because we have got to lose both, which could possibly happen. But it does mean that two teams, or at least one team, who have been down there all season, appreciate Sheffield Wednesday have got the points deduction, and without that, we'd definitely be down. Yeah, but yeah. they've struggled to pick up results all season. So what I said this to Corey about Derby fans, they all turned around and thought we were going to win the last six and be safe. What makes you think that they're going to do that when they've only won 10 of the previous 35 it's just you would, yeah. you would find that you know it, it's difficult to believe, but that is, of course, the joy of, of football, and that, that's why we love it because you you can expect the unexpected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final thing from us, Tom. We, we just talk on the game on Saturday. Do do a score prediction as best as we can. As I say, um, we, we've kind of covered Swansea. Are probably still going to go out for it. Um, do you think the intensity? Do you think the intensity will be there for the full ninety minutes, or say if it got if it was somehow managed, Derby managed to keep a clean sheet for sixty minutes? Do you think Swansea would change the way that they played, or do you think they, they are still going to be gunning for it for the whole ninety minutes? I think we'll still be going for it. I mean, we made three drastic changes today: um, took off Routledge, Hurahan, and. No, sorry, sorry, getting that mixed there. We brought we brought on um, Andre Ayew, we brought on um, Connor Roberts, and we brought on Morgan Whitaker. So three. I know Roberts is a defender, right wing, whatever you want to call him, whatever hybrid position he's been playing all season. But those are three very attacking players, um, and three which would be down the right hand side naturally. Um, I think I'm not even sure to be fair who played more centrally. I think Andre played more centrally. Uh, in the formation, and Whitaker was out right, uh, out on the right, 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 <laughs> wide right. Um, but as soon as those substitutions were made, Andre had a huge impact in the game, um, took three players. I don't know if you've seen Swansea's uh, first goal today, but he dragged the ball back, nutmegged one of the players with a, with a back flick, um, and it took three of the Reading players completely out of the game. Fulton drove on, had a shot, keeper saved it, Jamal Lowe put the ball in the back of the net. So the intensity today, I know we were 1-0 down, but those changes had to be made. I and mean, we, we were chasing the game at that point. Um, Andre then scored the second one. So the, the changes that were made were positive. They were certainly attacking and had an intent behind them. Um, and I, I would expect the exact same. Obviously, we don't want to risk players for injury. So maybe you know, Andre wasn't 
going to be used today unless we absolutely had to use him. And Cooper said in the, in the pre-match uh, conference, if we were going to use him, it was going to be for 30 minutes. And he brought him on about the 65th minute. So um, I don't think he's going to start on Saturday. Yes, it's another week's rest. Um, and Cooper said in the in the press conference leading up to the, this game today that Andre, if he doesn't feature today, would certainly be ready for next Saturday for the Derby game. But he featured today um, quite heavily as well for half an hour. So I think he might be on the bench next week and you might see Liam Cullen starting again um, in place of him, maybe with probably the same sort of lineup as today. But um, yeah, I don't think so. Like I said earlier, I don't think we're going to sit back on it and go any softer on Derby. Um, you know, when we've still we've still got third place to chase for. Um, if if they say if we were guaranteed sixth place today, then yeah, maybe I'd say Cooper should probably make an awful lot of changes and go a little bit weaker. You know, don't you know go jeopardizing our um, you know our um, appearance online and whatever, and, and you know go for the the, the weaker team. Um, just to rest players, you know, just because we've been guaranteed it. But had we finished and been guaranteed only sixth, then yeah, I'd say, you know, go a little bit weaker. But we've still got third to chase for. And while we've got that to go for, we've got to try and win these last two games uh, and, and build the momentum as well. That's the whole thing. Usually the teams with the momentum going into the playoff games are the teams who do better. Bournemouth went on a hell of a run, I think 11 or nine games unbeaten or wins on a row. Then they lost to Brentford. Brentford have had a bit part sort of um, sort of results like us being up and down, drew too many games, lost the game that they should have won. Um, and Barnsley, I, to be fair, although they've been in the playoffs the last few weeks, I haven't even kept up with Barnsley's results and seen what their form is. Um, but yeah, actually, we've still got two games to go. We've got to go for it, try and get two wins now heading into the playoffs um, and you know give us a really good opportunity without jeopardising players' fitness. Cool, right. Final thing, score prediction. We have two minutes of the stream left. Corey, I'll let you go first since you missed last week. Um, I'd like to say Derby's going to get a result. I don't think they will. I think Swansea are going to want to put the result, the kick in the gut punch, the late Reading goal uh, to bed. They're going to want to go into some form to end the season. 2-0 Swansea. Ooh. Because as like Derby, they got to take it to the final day because that'd be very Derby County. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think exactly the same. Uh, I can't see anything other really than a result from Swansea for Swansea. Uh, uh, two nil, same. Tom, uh, I'll go one all. Um, I that, think. Thank you. I think you guys will pick up a point. Um, we've not been fantastic at home this season, to be honest with us. And you guys have got now, in a sense, more to play for in the next game. Um, you know, we're in the league next season, but we've got an opportunity to get out of it. You guys are fighting to stay in the league. So, um, yeah, and Kazian Richards seems to be scoring quite well. So I think you guys will probably pick up a point. Oh, that would be, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I can't see it Guest of the year, Jason. Guest of the year. That's it. <laughs> That's all we've got time for. Tom, absolute pleasure speaking to you again. Um, you I don't. I don't like to say this, but I'm hoping it's the last time we speak to you for a bit. I mean, and I'm, and I'm hoping that's because you go up, not us get relegated. Because um, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see Swansea up there and, and have another crack at it. Uh, but all the best, all the best for the playoffs. And as I say, whenever I pass Maycross next, we'll we'll catch up. Cheers, Tom. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Brilliant. Thank you. I thanks go out to Tom from Total Swans TV. And unfortunately, this part of the podcast, we have to discuss 
yesterday's collapse. I, I was trying to put it as mildly as I could there, Corey, but yeah, um, collapse is exactly what it was. I said on the previous podcast, obviously you weren't part of, but you did. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you listened to it. Um, that, you know, it was the first time me personally, I felt it was a must win game yesterday. And it, well, let's just face it. It didn't happen. Did it? Um, I thought to be honest with you, the first half Derby did. Okay. But I think it was a little bit more of Birmingham not really in their stride in that first half because you saw they only really pushed it up a gear. They, they didn't particularly go to full throttle in the in that second half yesterday. They did the basics effectively. Um, and Derby were just all over the place. They, they just can't defend. We know they can't defend. That's why we've conceded so many goals this season. And that's why we're you know one of the major contributing factors as to where we are at this moment in time. But Sim- simplicity in defence. It's as simple as that. And, you know, yet again yesterday, Wayne changed the back line around, which I thought actually was probably not a bad idea. I know a lot of it at the minute is forced, but still, I think when everybody's fit, what was out there yesterday was still, you know, still should be good enough. We still would say, I don't think there'd be too many arguments that that was possibly our best you know, back line. I still think it's probably arguably our best 11 that started really other than maybe one or two tweaks, not a great deal. I think one of, for me personally, one of the contentious ones is obviously in goal, but then you hear Wayne coming out saying one thing, you heard a slightly different story on Twitter in reports that basically Marshall isn't interested. Who who knows if the answer to that is is true or not. Uh, I'd be a bit disappointed with him being a seasoned professional at 35. If that was the case, but then, you know, Rooney, we, we always say this on the podcast, Corey, Rooney sees them day to day. We don't. We see them turn up for 90 minutes twice a week or uh, turn up's a strong word, but we see them, uh, I was going to say perform and that's a strong word, plays a strong word. We see them there for 90 minutes for, for two, uh, for twice a week. And that's all we can really judge things on. But I thought that opening, yeah, Derby did what they had to do in that first half. Got a goal, nice goal, nice move, really. Uh, poor defending, I suppose, in some respects from, from Birmingham. But as I always say, you can pick fault with any goal. Um, and you just thought to yourself, best case scenario, really, all the results were going for Derby at half-time. And if if things had stayed how they was, that was championship survival, I, I, other than obviously Rotherham. But that it would have been a real tall ass for them with it being a, with it being a seven-point gap who, again, lost yesterday. Uh, something I'm going to touch on which I touched on in the last pod, still can't believe that a lot of Derby fans think Rotherham are going to win the last four games when they've not won in about six. Can't see it happening, especially with who they're coming up against, but we'll mention that in a minute. And then the, the same old, same old from Derby, Corey. In that second half, they just gave up. They, they sat back is what they did. They sat back trying to defend. We've seen them do it numerous times this season. We are not strong enough to sit back. I noticed it after about literally five minutes of the second half, you could see that that's what the plan was, sit back. And obviously Birmingham made a change at half-time, changed the, the, the shape a little bit. Derby couldn't get out of their own 18-yard box. And that, to me, when you're a team who can't defend that well, you need this result to, to certify near enough your championship status. You do not sit back and let them and give them set-piece routines, long throw-ins, which it was yesterday. You don't give them the opportunity to do that. You just continue to play your own way. And if at the end of the day, certainly when it went to 1-1, we still did the exact same. We sat back. 
And I thought to myself, well, okay, a point. Point's better than nothing. But it took us to go 2-1 down for him to throw everything at it. And, you know, even then, he threw everything at it and we were toothless as you would want to be. I think we ended up with six attacking players on and you just could see the shape was wrong. Nobody really knew what they were doing. And I even said to myself, when I think it was when Josviak and Roberts came on with about seven minutes to go, six minutes to go, I bet we won't even have another. We won't even have another chance. And other than really Wagon's free kick in the ninety-second minute or whatever, we didn't. We, yeah, they just they had the ball and every all eleven were back and we were just punting it up long and nobody was nobody was there and, and the pressure was never relieved in in such a game. I think he got his tactics wrong. I seriously do think he's got his, he got his tactics wrong you think in, he that, had in tactics? that second off. Well, th- that's I that's mean, a that, debate. That's... That's the thing. I mean, Jason, I, I, from my perspective, you know, I was looking at this game and I try and I try very hard to watch games from a neutral perspective, right? Whether I'm doing the podcast or I'm not doing the podcast, I try to look at it from a neutral perspective, right? Obviously, I want Darby to win. Obviously, I want Darby to do well or else I wouldn't waste my time uh, doing 10 or 15 hours a week or whatever we do on this podcast, right? But I try to look at it from a neutral's perspective. That game kicked off. I think Darby's, I think if you can call these tactics, it's kind of more like, you know, when you play in football with five-year-olds and they all kind of go around the ball and it's like herd ball and they just move around the field kicking each other's shins. Well, this was like caveman football. This was the only bit of play was Rouge would distribute it to either the fullback or the center half who would then play a 60-yard ball across field to the, either the opposite wingback or one of the wingers or to Kazim Richards who would try to knock it down. And then, oh, well, there's nobody else here because we bypassed midfield. They can't get up, so we'll just figure something out we've lost it okay it comes back again and I think both I think when I I expected a little bit more from Birmingham um, because I know they had been under such good form under Bowyer they had picked up some results recently and they didn't really come to play in the first half I do think that the, the goal for Darby was well deserved and I do think that Darby if Darby had gotten a second goal it would have killed Birmingham off in that first half and I think Darby were very capable of getting a second goal because they looked uh, potent in places, in places, right? That there were opportunities there. They go into halftime, you one nil up, you've, you've got these good feelings. But then this is where the tactical ineptitude comes in, the tactical, uh, the, the managerial, the, the lack of experience, the inexperience, lack of experience. The, there's a word for that. It's called inexperience. The inexperience from Wayne Rooney. Lee Bowyer went to his bench. Now, Birmingham's bench was much more, was much different than Darby's bench. Okay. We've talked about this in numerous podcasts before, Jason, there's not very many options if Wayne wants to change it on the bench. Okay. And I'm going to get to that point in a minute, because I'm, I'm building a case here. Birmingham made some changes. He brought out Ivan Sanchez, who is, in my opinion, haven't seen Birmingham three or four times this season, probably Birmingham's best player creatively. Anyway, linking between the lines, he brought on Haldanovich or whatever his name is, the, the little midfielder lad. And that changed the game. They dominate. Once he made those changes, the game completely changed. I don't know what Darby were doing. Like you say, they were trying to sit back and defend. You're not, I don't know why you're trying to do that. You need a second goal to kill teams off in this division, because as we know, this league is too tight. These teams are too good. Also, these teams are also so crap at the back. A lot of them that you have to get a second goal to kill these teams off. You have to. And they let Birmingham just come. Wayne says after the game, well, I talked about long throw-ins. Yeah, well, basically both of their goals came from long throw-ins. Me and you, I know you talk with uh, Luke and Tom about this. Uh, the Lukas Zhukovic was Birmingham's best player this season. 
And yet somehow he pops up with two goals. It's like, I mean, maybe Wayne Rooney should listen to the podcast and maybe listen to some people that maybe know what they're talking about. Cause Rosinha was brought in to, to talk about the championship and to know what he's talking about. But he obviously doesn't know because he doesn't know who Luka Zhukovic is. Well, he popped up with two goals. He knows who he is now, but it's no good now because you've lost the game. Luka Zhukovic scores goals at this level, at the championship level. He's been doing it for a decade. He's made a living off of it. George Edmondson, I don't know where he is. He's in a different postcode on that second goal for Yukovic on the, on the header. I mean, Yukovic, he's like 6'5". He's the biggest man on the field. And you leave him on the, six, on the edge of the six-yard box on the back post to what? Have a free header? It's amateur hour, Jason. It's amateur hour. Mm. And that's what the ta- – there, there, there was no – you know, you watch other teams and you try to see some sort of standard of play and tactics and whatever. And we've been on several of the podcasts recently and several of the shows – and I can't, and it's embarrassing for me and you sometimes to sit there and go, they ask us, well, how does Wayne Rooney play? I don't really know how Wayne Rooney plays. I couldn't tell you because it changes, like you say, week by week. It's, 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 it's insanity. It's absolute insanity. He gives Camille Zuzviak and uh, Patrick Roberts four minutes of normal time plus the two additional. So like you say, six minutes at the end to do anything. You knew they weren't going to do anything. Zuzviak won a free kick, whatever. That's fine. Because they're not difference makers when they come on. You're not, you're not, I'm not frightened. I'm not frightened by them. And we and you were talking before the game about the team selection and how they changed it up, right? The, the twitching goal and whatever, which we can talk about. Wayne had to do something. Wayne had to get some sort of response. I, it seems like he feels like he needed to do something to get, a, to get a response after Preston. And he's now changed it. And he didn't get a response. So what does he do for Swansea then? Does he change it back to the same players that failed against Preston, or does he keep the players that failed against uh, Birmingham? Cause I'm confused now because you've chopped and you've changed and you, I'm going to make a point. I'm going to drop my goalkeeper and put a new goalkeeper. Calarus, Calarus was a lucky on a couple of occasions. He got caught out on a corner that he had to tip over. He was, he was, he was lucky on a couple of occasions. And I thought Birmingham were very unfortunate to hit the post there on the late, on the, the thing with Haldanovich, he was coming in and it was a weird body angle and Darby got away with one there because that could have very easily gone in if, Obviously, he smashed the post, but you know what I mean? So what does he do now? Does he reshuffle the pack with the same players that let him down against Preston, or does he reshuffle it now with the same players that let him down against Birmingham? I, I'm just confused here about you. Conti- he's continuing chopping and changing, and like you say, there's a limited number of options that you can chop and change with. But let's just go and make changes for the sake of making changes, right? Why don't you go, okay, let's stick with this and try to try to do something constructive to build from week to week. Because if you are sitting there and, you know, you're a center defender, Jason, right? You're my central defender. And I want you to play out from the back. But then the next week, I want you to hoof it long. But now I want you to play a short pass. You don't know what to do because you're sitting here and you're like, it's like when you talk with your wife, right? And she tells you all these different things. You don't remember what she said because she changed from two days ago. I'm assuming, Jason, your wife doesn't listen to podcasts. So, <laughs> no. Spacing. But no, you're absolutely spot on. It, and that, but that, that's the thing. It's, we have got limited options. But he he has to be seen to be made, like you say, he has to be seen to be to be doing something or the finger gets pointed at him. I mean, don't get me wrong, the finger's been pointed at him a lot anyway. But it, it's very difficult. I mean, obviously we know football's this very strange thing and it's very difficult to put footballing um, processes into into everyday life. But if, if, you were, if you turned up to work one day and your manager came to you at the end of that day's work and go, right, you're not coming in tomorrow because you're not good enough. We're going to replace you. And then you get that call Wednesday morning and go, actually, turns out you weren't as bad as the person that we replaced you with. 
are you going to go in there? I think this is where this is the split right in the middle. Some players will grasp that by the balls and do something about it. The others will go, well, what's, excuse the language, what's the fucking point? Because I'm, if I, if something doesn't go right for me, I'm not going to be in work on Thursday. And I think that's really the, the, the difficulty. And then obviously I'm not trying to make excuses, but when you've got a young squad like we have, that can be very, very, that can be very difficult and detrimental to their development if they're constantly being hoofed in and out of the team. I will say that the experienced professionals that we've got this season, I don't think any of them, too many, if, if any at all, have covered themselves in absolute glory this season, other than probably one or two who are surefire shouts for player of the season, which we're going to probably go on to next week's, uh, next week's pod. But it's, it's really, really difficult. It, it's, I'm tr- obviously, I'm trying not to slate the team, I, but I, 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 I'm, I'm right there with you, and I agree, and I and I 100% because I don't, and, and we've seen this numerous times. That's why we try very hard to not sit here and pick fault with individual players. But I will go back with a point that I said back in the autumn, right? Some of the some of the footballers at this club are just not very good, and some of these fans are finally starting to wake up. Not that I'm omniscient; I'm not smarter or cleverer than anybody else right? It's just opinions. Football is a game of opinions. And I said back in October in the autumn that some of these, some of the players at this football club are not very good and it's being shown. And I'm not making this to make myself sound like a genius, but the players are just not very good. Some of the players are just not very good. Some of the players have underperformed and some of the players are just not very good. And you add into that a rookie manager. I want to take, I want to look at Middlesbrough for real quick, Jason, real quick. Neil Wardock, when he took over at Middlesbrough, he started signing very experienced players. He got Yannick Molossi. He got Neskins Cubano. He got a couple other ones. Like I can't remember. George Savile, I, know, I don't know if he signed him, but he was there and he starts playing him and whatever. He's gotten very experienced players, Bettinelli and goal and whatever, because Neil Warnock has been in this division before and he knows what it takes to get out of it. And you have to have that right blend of one and the other. And we and Darby don't have that. Like you say, some of the senior players have let the side down. If David Marshall, who is the captain on the field, I don't know if he's club captain because I think that's still Curtis Davis, but he's been wearing the armband when he plays. So he's captain in my eyes, right? If he's a senior player, he's Scotland international. Scotland's number one. He's Darby County captain. And he's sitting there and he doesn't want it. And Wayne Rooney says, oh, well, he doesn't have the fight enough to play. So I had to make the decision to go to Kel Roos. First of all, I don't know what the goalkeepers do in the week other than just dive about in goal. So how can you tell, was he not dive? Oh, I don't want it this week. I don't want to dive to my left. Strange. But anyway, he's, he's making a change now. And that's worrying because you've got a senior player that is supposedly not happy or interested or whatever. Goes back to the whole Waghorn situation earlier this season as well, a couple of several weeks ago. And it's just, it's just frustrating because you wouldn't expect that from, from a senior professional. Especially, especially not when he was put out to do press the day before. The, day, the game before, yes. And he's like, oh, well, we've got to do better and whatever. So that, that's for me. And, and that's the thing. And I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something now. And I want your opinion on this. People who are listening might call us out for it, but I'm still going to put it out there anyway. There was a few, not as many probably as six months ago. But there were still a few that went, why has he dropped Marshall? 
never never mind the ex- the reasonings behind it. Why, with three games to go, when you've got your most important game coming up, why do you make that change? What why what is it about that changing goal that makes a difference? Okay, people were still calling it out because, as we know, the fan base is very heavily probably anti-Roos because of what he did three years ago. My side question to challenge that is, everybody near enough now, there are a lot out there that are calling for Rooney's head, bring in Steve Mack for the last three games, last two now, whatever. What's the difference between those two? They're expecting a goalkeeper to come in and all of a sudden make a change, make, make, make a difference to the team. But then fans on the on the opposite side are, are expecting the manager to be replaced and it having a necessary effect in the final two games. It's stupid. You can't you can't sack a manager with two games to go. No. It's stupid. Okay, Steve McLaren. Okay, article came out this week in the Telegraph and whatever. Always oh, been reportedly marginalized and whatever. So you're going to tell me that they're going to fire Rooney? Okay, because he's not going to he's not going to he's not they're going to fire Rooney. McLaren's not going to listen to Rossini or Walker given, so they can go. They're sidelined. And you're going to tell me Steve McLaren's going to come in with two games to go and try to try to save Darby? That's a massive ask. And why would he? Also, Jason, why would he when he's on a contract in a front office job? He's on a plushy contract in the front office job as technical director. Sure, Steve McLaren worked great in 2014. He elevated Darby County to new heights. Did he do okay the second time he came as manager or the fourth, whatever, the after that when he replaced uh, whoever it was, Clement? did okay then he buggered off to newcastle and if steve mclaren was not in the building if steve mclaren was not at darby county we wouldn't be having this conversation it's ludicrous it's ludicrous no manager is going to want this job with two games to go steve mclaren's been england manager which while he failed he was at the pinnacle of the game the pinnacle of the game the highest level so he understands the game he's not going to sit here with two games to go and well well, let me just have a relegation on my CV if I can't save them. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're dead on. Changing changing players is one thing because they're in the building. Now, we've talked about Roos and how sometimes I feel like he unsettles defenses and makes some strange decision and dives five seconds after the ball's gone by for a corner and whatever. But asking, asking a manager to come in with two games left is insane. That's just insane. Pep Guardiola couldn't come into this team. Jose Mourinho, who is available, by the way, couldn't come in and save this team with two games to go because it's virtually impossible because you have to have time to work with your players. You have to pick a formation. Oh, by the way, you don't have very many players available for selection. You can't really change much because they've played everybody in the last two or three weeks. Everybody's played in the whole squad. So yeah, why I, I, I've read that too. And it baffles me. It baffles me. Why, why change the manager with two games to go? Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, look, they're four points ahead of Rotherham. They're in a deep quagmire. They've got, they're dipping a toe into League One, okay? And and relegation is a is a real certainty here, okay? Real certainty. And so you want to destabilize even more by making a managerial change, okay? I, I mean, I guess Darby's made stranger decisions, but, I mean, that's just... Think about it this way, Jason. If we were looking and we were talking about, let's say we were just doing, we were just chatting right in the pub and socially distanced, of course. And we're looking at Plymouth Argyle or we're looking at uh, Blackpool or we're looking at Nottingham Forest. 
and they're thinking of changing the manager, what would you say? You'd go, oh, I want force to go down, but that's ludicrous. It is. It oh, is. Plymouth, why would you do that? That makes no sense. It's like, it just, it just makes no sense. It just makes no sense. It's like Sheffield United sacked Wilder, right? To bring in Heckingbottom. Heckingbottom's not going to be there long-term. So I understand you sack Wilder, but then it's like, well, Heckingbottom's not going to save you. You're already down. So that's different because you've got 14 or 15 games to try to build for next season. But to sack with two games left, just wait till the end of the season and sack them. I'd agree. It it, it, it boggles my mind why that conversation is even being had because, because they think Steve McLaren's a football God. He thinks he's a football genius because he did. He had one good season with Darby in 2014 where they were one Bobby Zamora shot away from getting to the prem and he changed the elevation of Darby and this modern era of Darby has been because of Steve McLaren, but they think he's some sort of football God. Like he can come in and just wave his magic wand. Oh, all the problems are fixed. The players are back in form all the injuries have healed. I'm going to wave my magic dust and I'm going to sit here with my little hair Island or his long locks now or whatever he has. And he's just going to, he's just going to pull results out of, Oh, wow. We're just going to wipe the floor with these people. It's going to be a new era. I think that, that, Come on. that's the key. That's the key thing, Corey. No, like you say, anybody could go into that club, you know, look, just t- take a look at our opponents yesterday. Lee Boyer came in five or six games to go. The thing is, Birmingham have got a team full of championship experienced players. Derby are still trying the hardest to stay play in this division with nine youngsters involved in the eighty in the match day squad. No manager, no manager could, could could do anything with that, and and that's the that's the problem. That's the biggest problem that we've got. No, nobody's going to make any real difference. Yeah, maybe he lifts one or two. You know, one or two of the of the experienced pros, but I don't think looking at what we've seen from Derby over the last four or five weeks, I don't think just elevating one or two people is going to make that much of a difference, really. But you mentioned Lee Bowyer. Lee Bowyer didn't take over with two games to go. He took over with like eight. Yeah, that that's a good window. Eight games is fair because you're going to get a new manager bounce and you're going to do okay, right? Two games, it's a joke. It's a joke. You want to sack the manager? Okay, Rooney's tactically inept. He's been out coach. He's been being out coached for the last month. Okay, and I don't think Wayne Rooney is the right man for the job. I always said, I always said that I thought that they needed an experienced manager, but I would give Wayne Rooney the benefit of the doubt. And while they were winning, I had said that I was eating my words because Rooney was winning because he was proving me wrong. Wayne Rooney is not the man to drive Derby County forward. It's sad that it's going to end in this in this way with him. Because he will land on his feet because he's Wayne Rooney, God of English football or whatever the hell he is. But to try to sit here and go, well, let's make a change with two games to go. That just boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind. And I'm not a genius. I don't have any UEFA badges. Okay. Right. I just, I just think about the experiences that I've seen with football. having watched it for the last 30 years. You don't see managers get sacked with two games to go. I mean, unless obviously they do something that lands them in jail, right? Like they punch somebody out or, you know, I mean, they murder somebody or assault somebody. That's a different case. You just don't see it with two games. Oh, well, let's just fire the manager because it just rinks. This is an absolute dumpster fire of a season. There is something in this club that is systemically poor that needs to be fixed. But you can't fix it with two games to go because right now, whether Rooney's right, wrong, or otherwise, Rooney's been working with these players since January. 
he knows these players inside and out because he's played with them since last season. Last, he's been around them for 18 months. So Rooney might not be the man for the long term. Wayne Rooney might not be the man to lead Derby next season in the championship or lead one. But Wayne Rooney has got to certainly, definitely has to, without a shadow of a doubt, be the man in charge for the next two games. Because if the, any more disruption to this team, how's that going to look? Players show, oh, well, Wayne's been sacked. Mentally, you're going to be shattered. And you expect them to pick themselves up, what, five days from now and play a crucial game and then a week later play a, what's looking like another crucial game? It's ludicrous. It's even ludicrous to suggest it. I mean, why Steve McLaren? Why not have Mel Morris do it or Stephen Pierce? Why not? I mean, if, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna be silly here, no, and, and nobody else, no, nobody in the right mind is gonna come in and go, "I've got two games to save Derby County." Do I really want to be managing in League One? You're not gonna get anybody. Are you, are you really gonna get anybody with experience? It's the, no. Here's the same thing. Look at Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur sacked Jose Mourinho, right? And they sacked him because of the European Super League BS that went on because he refused to take the players for training, right? They play in a cup final this afternoon. This is being recorded on the Sunday. They play Manchester City in a cup final a few hours from now. You're telling me, you're telling me that the best thing, results at Tottenham have not been going great, okay? They're not going to qualify. They look like they're not going to qualify for the championship. They've been poor this season. And Mourinho probably would have maybe lost his job in fall, in, sorry, in the closed season anyway. But you're telling me the best thing for Tottenham Hotspur right now is to have 29-year-old Ryan Mason appointed five days before their biggest game in like, or not their biggest game because they play in the Champions League final, but to play in a cup final where they haven't won a trophy in like 15 years and their, their best chance of winning that was to get 29-year-old Ryan Mason. Oh, we'll, fi- we'll fire Jose Mourinho and put Ryan Mason in, right? It, you, you sit there and you're like, it's just crazy. Keep Mourinho until after the cup final. And obviously there were other ongoing issues because of the refusal to take the training, right? But Tottenham, you sit here and you fancy Jose Mourinho in a one-off game. It's the same thing. Derby have two massive cup finals, the two biggest games in the last, what, 20 years of Derby? Because mm. these games are bigger than the Premier League, the, the playoff games. Make no mistake about it. Because if Derby go down, it, it's cataclysmic what will happen to this football club. 100%. And so, oh, the best way to get out of that is to fire Wayne Rooney and put in the second coming of Jesus Christ himself, Steve McLaren, for the fourth time. Maybe Steve McLaren would be good. I don't know. But Steve McLaren's not going to be. My point is, yes, I understand the statistics. Yes, I understand Steve McLaren is a good coach. I'm not saying that he's not because he's played. He's been at the highest level of the game. What I'm saying is Steve McLaren is not going to be able to do a job for two games to try to save Derby County. So you might as well keep Rooney in because one, it's cheaper. And two, to my previous point, like mentally, it's going to be so much more disruption. It, 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 it's exasperating. It's exasperating. And I said I wasn't going to go on a rant. But you know, Jason, you live in Derby. You go every week, okay? You go every week. You spend your hard-earned money. I spend my vacation time coming to Derby, right? We spend 15, 20 hours a week doing this podcast. And I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting because I'm sitting here and the club that I love, the club that I spend my time playing FIFA on, and you know, when I draw pictures as a kid of Derby and my heroes growing up, is on the brink of League One. It's 
And it's embarrassing the way it's going about. This whole season's been an embarrassment. And I'm hurting, Jason. I don't know how you pick yourself. I don't know how I can pick it. I mean, I'm going to be able to pick myself up because I've got other things in my life other than football and Derby County. But it's embarrassing what's happening. If this was going down the other side of the A52, we'd be taking the Mickey out of them. I mean, we took the Mickey out of them for tying to miss the playoffs against Reading or whoever it was. Remember our last match at last season? Yeah. We took the Mickey. And this team's going to go to League One. When the Forest were in League One, they were a joke. But because it's because it's the club we support, it's, well, let's try to change this and this and this. But you need to look at it. People need to look at it from the other perspective. I'm, I'm hurting and I'm so embarrassed and I'm, I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, and I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the people, the friends that we've made this year. I feel bad for, for the mates that, you know, for the people I know, like, because there's lives, there's livelihoods at stake here. If Darby were to go down, people are going to lose their jobs. The players are going to be okay. They don't have relegation clauses. I wouldn't suspect. They'll be okay. 10, 15,000 a week in the league. Well, good luck. Look what it did to Sunderland. Look what it did. They've been down there for years. Portsmouth is still recovering. Yeah. And League One's tough. And they go, oh, well, we'll, we'll go to League One. We'll walk. Sure. Okay. There's other teams in League One that want to come up as well that are really good. But I'm, I'm so disappointed and I'm, I'm hurting so much for it because just when you think you can't, Derby County, Derby County can't kick you in the gut anymore. They do. Yeah, that was atrocious yesterday. Was that football that I watched? You know if that. You know if we had watched that and they put on instead of EFL and they put on like the Mexican League. They'd said this was the Mexican League or this was the Qatari First Division or the Indian Premier League. We just what a waste of time this is. But because they put EFL Championship, oh at Derby, wow, you know, come on. It's, it's just, I'm just so disappointed and I don't want to go on a rant. But there's just something so, so, so wrong. And it's just, I'm just so emotionally hurt, I guess, emotionally drained, mentally drained from, from thinking about it and, and, and just, just processing what's going on. No, I'd agree. I, I, you know, yesterday, we all bigged it up. Big game. We, we have still got another big game to come. Sheffield, Derby will not be relegated by the end of the... I, I'd be gobsmacked if Derby County are relegated by the end of the season. So that Sheffield Wednesday game is going to be one hell of a thing. But do you know what? After the result yesterday, I was expecting to be really, really upset. And I, I wasn't. That's the thing that upsets me the most as well. Yeah, I expected, expect, I expected yeah. Derby to lose. It was an expect. It was more of an. Certainly, the, the longer that second half went on, it was, and it was exactly the same in the game previous. There was an expectation Derby were not gonna, not gonna achieve what they need to achieve. Um, I mean, I, I, I've seen in the last twenty years, I've seen Derby go down to the last day three times to stay in this division back in the you know the early two thousands. But there was more fight and determination from that from those groups of players. I thought we saw a little bit more yesterday, a little bit, not great deals. I think a couple of the players that really, really try for Derby County and really fight for Derby County um, was struggled to get into the game yesterday. Don't remember Nathan Byrne doing too much. 
Again, I'm not calling, I don't want to name really call players out, but this isn't really a, a calling out. I said a minute ago, you know, a couple of players that are, are surefire in for the conversation of player of the season. Graham Shinney and Nathan Byrne. And I, I don't think Shinny's influence has been on the team over the last couple of games, but it goes back to a point that you said a couple of minutes ago is Derby play that they're playing. They're not playing with the midfield. It's the midfields that non-existent. Um, and that's, you know, we've always said when Derby County play through the midfield and they draw and they get the midfield right and they get the midfield driving, that's when Derby are the most dangerous. So, Corey, with two games to go and everything, obviously, we've heard from Tom there. Um, my, my question to you, well, there's a couple. Um, first one, it's pretty obvious. Will, Dar- will Darby stay in this division? That's my, that's my first question. Uh, we'll, we'll do, what are you, obviously, we didn't catch up last week, so it's the first time on the pod that we've we've spoken about this. So I want I want to get your opinions on those final two games. And in fact, no, I'll let you answer that one first. I'll let you answer that one first. Are Darby going to do it? I don't have to give me such a hard question. You can just what my favorite color is or something. I think. I don't think so. I think the form that Darby are in, the mentality that we've been talking about, this 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 mentality that the Darby players have, when they came off the field yesterday, they looked broken. They looked defeated. I think when they go a goal, even when they go a goal up, they don't look like they're going to get a second goal. I think if they were to go a goal behind, I don't think they've got the gusto to get two goals to win it. Yes, Rotherham are in this situation as well. They have two extra games in hand. But I think you could find yourself very easily if you're the Rotherham coach. They, I saw them play against Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham got that, that late goal. That was a little un, a bit strange for them. Seemed a bit unlucky. By all accounts, Barnsley were lucky yesterday. Uh, I saw a replay of the goal. It was a foul on the goalkeeper. The goal shouldn't have stood. And when you look at the statistics, Rotherham were pretty much all over him. And from everything I've read, that Rotherham put up a real fight yesterday. I I don't see the same kind of fight. I don't see the same kind of heart with Darby, and it's always disappointing. When, When you look at Sheffield Wednesday's final games, they're playing Nottingham Forest next Saturday. They're level on points with Rotherham. So we keep we keep sitting here. And as we, the fan base, keep sitting here looking at Rotherham's results, Sheffield Wednesday's creeped back into the conversation as well. They play Nottingham Forest. Now, if I'm Nottingham Forest, I'm letting Sheffield Wednesday win that game. I'm not saying, I'm not saying like to try to match fix it or anything, but I wouldn't be trying my best if I was a player because they're already, they're already safe. And I can relegate a rival, my hated, my hated rival who gave me stick last year. And there's going to be nothing more I can enjoy than that. And then I think it'll go to the final day against Sheffield. And I think if it goes to the final day against Sheffield, where the winner takes all, because Darby will still be a point, right? So Darby would have to 
just tie the game, draw the game to, to stay up. I think if it was to go to the final day and Sheffield Wednesday need a win to stay in this division, I think they want it more for everything that they've been through. When you look at the 12-point the deduction that was reduced to six, when you look at what Darren Moore has been through, um, I think that's going to galvanize that group of players. And unfortunately, I, I can't believe I'm sitting here talking about this at this stage, but yeah, um, I do. I don't, I don't, I don't see a way personally at this moment in time after this Birmingham result, I am, I wouldn't say hundred percent convinced, but relegation looks a certainty because of the lack of fight, because of the lack of energy, because of the lack of just, just the want of the players to stay in this division. And again, the players will be fine. They don't have, I don't, I wouldn't assume any of them have relegation clauses in their contract because Darby's not really a club that ever assumes they're going to get relegated. I think, and, and then like you say, it's the mismanagement of the club as well, Jason. And I think, Darby have been, they've been toying with this for years. They've been papering over the cracks. They've been skirting the EFL books. Now we're assuming the EFL don't go back and retroactively uh, points deduct them like they did Wigan. If they've ever published these accounts that are rumored to ever have come out, which we know why they've not been released. Let's be honest, because they're probably pretty close to the line. Cause if you had great books, you'd release it. Cause it's great PR. Yeah. And the EFL is looking to stick it to Derby and Derby fans and, and Derby as the club have put two fingers up to the EFL, say, oh, whatever. Derby skirted the rules for years. And the EFL is just waiting for an excuse to shaft it to them. And they will. I mean, they did it to Wigan. Wigan was not the worst side last year, but they got relegated. They finished like 15th or something. Yeah. But it's unfortunate that I'm having this conversation, that we are sitting here having this conversation, right? We've, we've met up pretty much before every game and other times when we've not recorded and we've, we've never had this kind of honest, frank conversation. And it's kind of sad that we're at this point. If it goes to the final day, Darby will go down. I, I have to say, do I have confidence that Darby on their own can get the results? No. Uh, do I think that the teams below us are going to win enough? That's very debatable for me at this moment in time, but I would have to agree with you if it was to go down to that. Fu- and I hate saying this exactly the same as you. I do. Th- if it was to go down to the final day, do I think Derby have got enough about them, enough fight, enough, whatever. My answer would have to be no based on what we've seen over the last uh, the last few games it, it really would um it's horrible thought to think it but if it does go down to that final day i have to agree with you i don't think derby have got enough um to 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 get the result that they need of course that is still a big if it's still a big if can will 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 forest do Sheffield Wednesday a favour? I don't know. I don't know. It's difficult to say. Again, something we mentioned with Tom there, there are, when when he asked the question, the teams below us are below us for a reason. Okay, Sheffield Wednesday are slightly a different kettle of fish because they got the points deduction. It's a shame it wasn't 
didn't stay at the 12 because we'd be all right. But they're still, they've been, it's, it's hard to believe. Obviously, we are Derby County focused. Of course we are. And what I'm about to say is, I, I don't mean any disrespect to, but when you look, when you look at who are below us, there's clearly a reason why those teams are below Derby at this current juncture. One of them are a first timer in the championship, and it was like a fish out of water. Although the in Wickham, who who fought valiantly, but at the end of the day, they they never really showed that they'd got enough. You've got a team who has had to have a points deduction to be in the same conversation. Appreciate Thank the God for that. Yeah, well, absolutely. I appreciate the points deduction was at the beginning of the season, but that would have changed their mindset this season, going into this season straight away. We know that. And then the other team are a team who flirt up and down between the two divisions. And based on what we've seen of Rotherham against Derby County, makes you wonder how and why they are where they are. I mean, Rotherham wiped the floor with Derby County twice. Twice, absolutely. That, and that's the point. So that, that does then bring up the conversation of why are Rotherham down there there's clearly a reason. I'm, I'm trying to look at a little bit of a positive here. Why are Rotherham down there? Well, there's clearly a reason why they're down there. And the form has, yes, the results, uh, the performances might be okay, but the results have just fallen out their arse at the, at just recently. They had a perfect opportunity. Now, if they'd have won the first couple of games in hand and then lost the others, that, that's a progressional thing. But for them to then, for them to have lost technically four, I think it's four of their games in hand against us, but then everybody's expecting them to win the last two or three or whatever it may well be. I think that's very, very far-fetched. Don't get me wrong. Thing, strange things happen. Strange things happen in football. We saw it but last I, year with Barnsley and Brentford. Exactly. As a yeah, absolutely. But I, I think it's been a little bit far-fetched. And obviously a big topic that I touched on was, and I'm not trying to call anybody out here, I'm not trying to point fingers, but one of the big things that we talk, I talked about when you wasn't with us last week was the Derby County fan base thinking just, just the negativity. And I understand why there's negativity. 100% I understand why there's negativity. I, I feel the negativity myself. I, I feel like I want to get hold of them all and give them, you know, fucking good telling off. But obviously that doesn't work that way. But we've not been in the bottom three since December. But we're surefire to go down. And Devil's I, advocate for you, Jason, some stats. Five defeats in a row. One win in 13. Six points from 39. I mean, the, the results are damaged. Darby's got the worst form in the league. And I agree with you. Rotherham have been down there for a reason. Those teams are down there for a reason. But by the same token, Darby's down there for a reason. And the points gap is so close for a reason. And I Absolutely. agree with you. I agree with you. Rotherham's probably not going to go on a tear and win the last four games. Fingers crossed. God help us all. But we've seen stranger things happen in this division that Rotherham could go and beat Brentford. I mean, if I sat here with you, if we if we sat here and we polled Derby County fans in August and we said, are we going to wipe the floor with Rotherham and Wickham? They would have said, yeah, 100%. Easy, easy 12 points. But it's not happened that way. Because there's other teams that are fighting and scrapping. And it's like it's like you're cornering 
It's like you're cornering a, a hungry dog. The dog's eventually coming out. If I corner you into a room, if I corner you into your room right now and I start wailing on you, which I wouldn't do because I'd be in hospital. Eventually you're going to come out and you're going to come and knock me out or something. Eventually you're going to fight back. And what they've done is these, these teams, Sheffield Wednesday and Robin, they've been in a corner all year, backs against the wall, fighting, scrapping for everything. And I think they've got a little bit more fight and belief in their squad that they can get. And this is the key thing. It's, it's the squad now that has the most belief. It's the squad now that has the most fight and Darby don't have the fight. And I don't believe that they have the belief. I mean, you've said this numerous times. Wayne Rooney's not going to sit there and say, well, players were crap in training this week. And Jesus Christ, oh, I hope um, that the, um, you know, the team does well. You know, oh, we're going to struggle this week because we had a poor week. He's never going to come out and say that. He's going to say, every, he's always going to say, the training's been great. If you go back and look at all the previous pre-match buildup stuff, oh, they've trained well. We're looking sharp. We're fit. You know, we're looking good. We know what the other teams bring. And then look at the post-match. Well, they didn't do this. We didn't bring this to the table. Well, we'll work on it on the training field next week. They've been, they've been making these excuses now for what? 40-odd games? 38-odd games or whatever it is? More than that. I don't know what, 40, 43 games we played, I think, so far? And you're dead on. They're down there for a reason. But it's just about fight and belief. And I don't think that this Derby team has, has much of that in them, in them right now. I'd agree. I've got two final questions for you. And I'm not trying to be defeatist. I'm just trying to be realistic. Do I want as Derby County as do I want as a Derby County supporter for them to go down? Hell no, I don't want it to go down. Oh, stupid! I, if I did, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah, you know I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be wasting my time doing the podcast. Fully agree with you. Fully agree. I'm just trying to look at it objectively from from a from a neutral perspective here and give an opinion. Fully In agree. my heart of heart, deep down, I don't want them to go down. I know that this team's got something in them. But the statistics and what I am seeing and my brain is processing is, see, is is something completely different. Yeah. No, 100%. But as I say, it's just it's difficult to talk about. And this is probably one of the most real chats that we've had. And, and, and on that, I've got, as I say, I've got two final questions for you. This is all hypothetical because we've still got two games to go. We, we, we don't know. If you were, and this is playing devil's advocate here a little bit, if you was, we, we've said a lot on this podcast. We've been asked the question. We've, we've said this answer. If you was to pinpoint something, if you was to pinpoint the things that's gone wrong at Derby County, can you pin it down to one thing? No, you can't. But I, so I'm, I'm going to take that question and try and shoot with just, a, with just those two points in mind. Looking at this season as a whole, are we in this mess because of Philip Koku or are we in this mess because of Wayne Rooney? Neither. We are in this mess because of this mismanagement of the club over the past several years. And this is not me sitting on my soapbox criticizing Mel Morris because he gets a lot of unfair stick. He's put a lot of his own personal money into this club over 200 million reportedly. Right. And he's got no reward for it. Football ownership is a no win game. And I feel bad for Mel Morris in a way because he basically just took 200, 200, 250 million pounds and he's basically just burnt it. 
but this team has been, this club has been papering over cracks for years. The season under Lampard was the most connected I felt with this club, probably my entire life. The players were great. The personalities were great. We had a great manager. We were, sorry, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say great because that's over least. We had a very, very good manager. One game from the playoffs, right? The second most team that I felt connected to was that team that, that lost that Bobby Zamora goal under McLaren because of the way they were playing and the personalities and stuff. But there have been cracks at this club for years, systemically large issues. P- players know that Darby are a soft touch. Players know that Darby play big money. They come here for a payday. And I'm not, this is not necessarily anybody in the current squad, but this is the trend over the years. They've not addressed issues. They've done some suspect decisions off the field. When you look at Tom Inns's mom and scouting Osman Dembele and Mbappe and paying for the privilege of doing that. I mean, that's ridiculous. Sacking Richard Keogh, which Keogh is not the catalyst for this, but it was handled poorly. It's not the way you're supposed to conduct your business. The way they handled that situation, this takeover thing that's just dragging on and on and on. And I don't think it's Philip Kaku. I don't think it's Wayne Rooney. I think that they are victims in a way of the mismanagement of the club. Now, if you're looking at it from a purely coaching standpoint, I think Philip Kaku would have done better than Wayne Rooney because I think he would have had a little bit more uh, idea of what he was trying to do. Yes, the results were not pretty. They were sitting bottom of the league. I got it. He did not have the ability to use Christian Bielik. Wayne Rooney's best run as manager. Thank God Christian Bielik was in that team for like that five or six game because without that, I don't know where Darby would be. I do bottom. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure the EFL would have just already gone ahead and relegated. Like you just don't even have to play anymore. Just don't even bother showing up. From a coaching standpoint, Philip Kaku was better than Wayne Rooney. Philip Kaku was not the right man for this job at this time. Good coach, wrong man, wrong time. Wayne Rooney has been, he was amazing for the first six months he was at Derby, up until, well, from, from January until March, really, until lockdown. After lockdown, he wasn't interested. After lockdown, I love Wayne Rooney. I've loved Wayne. I've idolized Wayne Rooney since I was a kid. Idolized him. And it wasn't supposed to end this way. But this season, Wayne Rooney has not been interested at all. He wasn't interested in playing. And then all of a sudden, he wants to be the manager. I want to be the manager of Derby County too, but they're not going to make me because I'm not England's record goal scorer. Wayne Rooney and the Goof Troop, which are the coaches. It's a series of things, Jason. I can't say whether it's Philip Cocu that got us into this mess or Wayne Rooney. But Wayne Rooney's been competent and bullish about Derby staying up all season. And it's coming down to the final two games. And talk about squeaky bum time. Squeaky bum time was weeks ago. I don't even know what this time is called. This is like past squeaky bum time. And it's so disappointing and it's so hurtful and and you just said it you summed it up there just before the expectation that Darby going to go out and lose I don't think I've watched a Darby County game in a long time and expected him to lose before kickoff I always think Darby's going to get something here because I always believe in the club I always believe in the players but yesterday was different and when you have that feeling it's 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 bad it's not it's not great that sounds idiotic like well it sounds it's bad 
Well, obviously it's bad. But I don't think either of them, I think if you had to put, if you, to answer your question, if I had to pick one or the other, who's more to blame? I think it's Wayne Rooney. I think he came in. I think he wants to do it Wayne's way or the highway. If you don't like it, you can lump it. He's already lumped a couple of players off. You're telling me that George Evans couldn't have played a role in Derby? You're telling me that Mike Tavirik couldn't have played a role in Derby? I, okay, they didn't, Tavirik didn't show anything. I got it. He, he sure, he's surely better than some of the people that have been putting back there in an injury crisis. And I think, again, this is the answer to your question, is it Kaku or is it Rooney? I think Rooney's ineptitude tactically. I think his, I think, I think he's got to shoulder more of the blame than Kaku, but Kaku, obviously, they were, in, they were bottom of the league. You have to make that change. And then in some respects, I blame the board because when they felt like they needed to make the change for Philip Kaku, they felt like the best option was Wayne Rooney and their bottom, their bottom of the league. I mean, my sentiments are no different than a lot of other fans. I mean, Simon Jordan said it on TalkSport. Not that Simon Jordan's a Derby County expert, but he's got a mouthpiece. He's on TalkSport and he's in the football industry. And he said, you know, it's a one-way ticket to League One. He's, unfortunately, he's being proven right right now. And he also said the same thing. This is exactly what we were just talking about before that. He said this on TalkSport, and I'm going to quote him now, or I'm going to paraphrase him. It won't be because Derby County do anything to stay in this division. It'll be because the other teams can't win games in hand. That's why Darby will stay up. And, and Wayne Rooney has a statistically a worse record than Philip Cocky. And if he wasn't Wayne, if he wasn't Wayne Rooney, England, Manchester United legend, whatever that means, because great players don't always make great managers. Would he have even got a, a look in at the job? He's on name recognition and I'm not trying to be defeatist here or, whatever, like I'm going to try to back the players as much as I can in the next two weeks because I believe that they need it. But it, it's, it's a farce, Jason. It's an absolute joke. It's an embarrassment. It's hurtful. Um, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing where this, where this club is at and this situation is at. And Derby County's at their lowest point in 20 years. Like you say, you've seen relegation fights before, but those teams had something about them. There's not one thing that convinces me that this group of players, that this set of players as a collective group, not as individuals, because I'm sure as individuals, they don't want to go down because it's embarrassing, but I'm pretty sure a lot of them are thinking about the future. They're not necessarily trying to save Darby County. And maybe we all would do it in a way. I've never been in a relegation battle because I'm not a professional footballer. I just, I do an office job like, like you do, like a lot of other people do. And I come on here and I talk a couple hours a week about Derby. But it's so, it's just an absolute quagmire of a mess. And maybe this club deserves, this club maybe deserves League One to sort itself out, to, to restructure, to, to stop the rot. Because there's been Deadwood in the front office, there's been owners, there's, there's Deadwood in the, in the front office of Derby, right. In those, in those leadership positions, no. there's Deadwood in the playing squad. So no facets of Derby, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And like you say, and, and it's only going to get shifted if Derby go down, but the problem is the Deadwood will keep their jobs and honest people who care about the club, who make very little money 
or make decent amounts of money, I don't know, will lose their jobs and it will hurt livelihoods. Because if you have a staff of, let's say, let's say, let's just say for the sake of an Darby employed 200 people. You can safely assume 50 or 60 of those are gone straight away because they can't afford it in league one. Yep. On the backs of, on the backs of a pandemic that has crippled the footballing industry. And Eric Alonso can sit here, oh, I want to spend 50 million and whatever. And I know we talked with Simon, the Rams writer about, you know, he didn't necessarily mean his 20 million pound specific player. I got that. But you still got FFP. How are you going to fix it? How are you going to fix it? People didn't like Nigel Clough because Nigel Clough didn't sign sexy, sexy people. I mean, other than Jake Buxton, sexiest man alive, but he didn't make sexy signings. John Brayford, Burton Albion, Jake Buxton, Burton Albion, Dean Moxie. I don't know where he was, Grimsby or some Exeter. Yeah. But they were solid players and that built the foundation. And it feels like that club, this club needs to take a step back and rebuild the foundations. Take a look at everybody. If someone offers you five or six million for one of these players, snap their hand off. Because the five or six million is more valuable to Darby County than the individual player because you can buy three players for that. You know, yeah, we want, do I want to sit here and do I want these young players to become Darby County legends and have a statue outside and lift the European Cup? Of course I do. Of course I do. Realistically, is it going to happen? Not for a club in the championship. So then, so then, so then cash out while their stock is high and get rid. But the problem is, Darby have very few sellable assets. And if they go down, there's going to be a fire sale at Wigan, like there was at Wigan. And they're going to get, they're going to sell players for peanuts. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to argue with, with any of you, any of anything that you've just said there. And I would have to agree. I hate to say it is the best thing for Derby to, to hit that reset. And the best reset would be for them to, to suffer a little bit more. But like you say, probably the wrong people will suffer, uh, not, not the right ones, which, you know, is a difficulty. And as I, said, as I mentioned earlier, I just, if Derby were to go down, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know what had happened to him to be perfectly honest with you. I really don't. And I think even I'm going to end on a little bit of optimism. Uh, I'll probably get slaughtered for this as well, but Derby stay up. The reset button in the summer is going to happen. We've spoken about this. There is a change at the top coming. There is a, a massive overhaul of the squad coming. We know that because of how many players are out of contract and the squad's pretty pretty light as it is on experienced players. I like the idea of having somebody as manager who has the, has the pull that Wayne Rooney does. I'm not saying he's the best manager. I'm not saying he's the right manager. Don't know. What I'm saying is you would presume you would get a certain level of quality to come to Derby. Only in the championship. Don't think you get it in League One. But certainly in the championship, you'd get a certain level of quality. You would think, we've said it before, you'd think he'd look into that little black book and with a bit of money to spend and the overall that it needs we might have had to have taken two steps backwards to go one forwards or one step backwards to take two forwards, whatever. But that, that is, that is a very clutching at straws concept. And actually is that the best thing to do for Derby? 
is it oh well again is it just papering over the cracks is it a case of oh well we, we've we've scraped through by the skin of our teeth let's go and throw another 20 million at it with somebody we know that can bring in these higher caliber of of, of player we've been there we've done that it's a vicious circle that keeps going round and round and round and round and round. I think you're right. I think, you know, you look back now um, at, at what Nigel Clough did. He probably ran his course. He needed that next person to take it on that to that next level, which ultimately happened within 18 months of him leaving. I, I'm, I'm really, me personally, I'm really at a crossroads. I, I really am at a crossroads as to what, do I want to see Derby County in League One? No, obviously not. Do I want to see? I just, I think the actual, I think actually the ownership change in the summer is is probably going to change what I'm I'm about to say. But if Derby were to scrape up this season, that mindset that we've had over the last seven or eight years, does it really change? We've just got a dodge this season. And, and they do something else again, again with a bit more financial backing. Maybe that changes, and you know, maybe that helps. Um, but it's it's a very sad, sad place to be at the minute. It's it's a very difficult thing to talk about. Uh, as we, as we said, we we from what we've discussed over this last hour and a half is. Mo, mo, I think most people would say or most fans of football just taking it slightly away from Derby for 30 seconds if their team was in this predicament they'd want obviously they'd want to move heaven and earth to give the support to Derby County now I'm not saying that we don't give support to Derby County I'm not saying our fan base isn't giving support to Derby County but what I will say is from what I've seen to put a percentage on it you've got to be looking at 70, 80%. 70, 80% of fans, Derby were relegated three months ago. Derby, or six weeks ago, whatever. And I, I just think that you know, that mindset to me is mind-boggling. I've been there when it's been that bad. I'm not saying others haven't, but f- honestly, for somebody who says that they're a supporter of a club, of a, of a team, and they're not on the positive side of things, even though there's not a great deal of you know to show positivity. And I get that. I think I think that's criminal. That upsets me more than anything. I think that upsets me more than anything. That when I think of standing in the stands in the South Stand, and I've got thirty thousand other Derby fans there, and eighty percent of them are expecting the team to go down. I think that I think that's a terrible mindset to have. Now, don't get me wrong. It might happen. It, as you've said, it's still. It, it looks like it could happen. But I bet you seventy, eighty percent of Rotherham's fan base aren't thinking that they're going down. I bet seventy, eighty percent of Sheffield Wednesday's fan base aren't thinking that they're going down. Yet they're the ones who are currently in the relegation spots, four points behind Derby. I, I, I find it. I find that really difficult to to understand. And I'm not trying to dig out on fans here, and I'm really not. They're probably the same ones who ride the wave when it's high and then go missing when when times get tough. They're, they're the 10% of the crowd that don't turn up when Derby aren't doing well. And for me, that ain't a fan. If you don't want to watch your team 
performing that way. I ain't got I ain't got no qualms if, with if that. You don't see them at their worst. You don't deserve them at their best. Exactly. And, and I agree I, with you, Jason. I agree, and I think that. But I also think that a lot more fans are starting to realize the the deep kimchi that Derby are in right now. And that and that's 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 why because the performances have been so poor and so dour, and I think they want to have positivity. But I think a team like Rotherham, they believe that they can stay up because they're always in this kind of situation. Sheffield Wednesday believe that this because they've not been in this situation a long time. Obviously, they had the points deduction, they had the backs against the wall and stuff like that. But I agree with you. I think that it would be nice for people to to not be just trolls on social media or you know, try to back the team, but I'm the same token. I can understand a little bit where it's coming from because of the frustration. And I think maybe a lot of the frustration has to do with um, the fans not being there, being able to go and voice their frustration because this, we Darby wouldn't be in this mess. I know we've talked with Steve Nicholson and several of the people, like if there were fans of the stadium, Darby wouldn't be in this mess. You wouldn't think. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You can only assume of course, but yeah, you, you know, you, you wouldn't assume. think you wouldn't think maybe they are, but maybe they're not this close. God, would that be worse? Thinking of thinking of a worse scenario than there is now, is it? Would it be that we're going through this with thirty thousand there every week? That that's a that's a point for another time, maybe. But you know, it's it's terrible. But I, Corey, I do want to end, and we are going to end because we're rambling a little bit now. I want to end, and we have to end on positivity. There is still positivity there. A lot of it shot out of me yesterday I can't lie uh, and I've been one that's been right up to the hill I've been positive it will still take I mean, we mentioned it earlier I just want to end on it again it will still make take a, menu, a monumental effort from the teams below Derby County to overtake Derby yes we might have one foot in League One at this moment in time because of the way that we as a, as a club are um, and mindset and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't think you can argue that point at the minute. But facts as facts. They always say the league table never lies. The league table isn't lying at the minute. Derby are above 22nd by four points. And I just goddamn hope by next Saturday that stays exactly the same. Because um, it is a huge week. I, 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 you mentioned something earlier about Rotherham. And I know Sheffield Wednesday are still in, have got a big part to play in the final two weeks, and I know that. But in terms of Rotherham, they have to be the ones that we look at because of the games in hand. Eventually, to, to flip what your thoughts, what can they go on that bad run constantly? Maybe not. But surely, we look at it as we lose, Rotherham lose. That's an opportunity for us. Surely, Rotherham have got to be looking at it in a very similar way, going, shit, we've lost. Oh, great, Derby lost as well. They go into the next game. Oh, God, we've lost that one. Surely, eventually, their spirit is going to give up. As Derby's given up already? Maybe so. But it's Rotherham's. You know, is it that eventually? But like you say, in football, who knows? They could go midweek and they could win. Uh, and that would be the biggest, not not, not really a, a massive shock. Um but obviously, again, we'll know we'll know a lot more next week. Um, feels like I'm saying that a lot. Next week, it's always next week. It's always next week. You know, we want some. We want Derby to do something about it. I think now. after that, though, we'll have some clarity. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I think yesterday, for me, as I say, just to wrap it up, yesterday for me was a big opportunity. Of the 45 minutes, they were they took that opportunity and they just didn't finish the task in hand. 
And as I said, we know nothing really, nothing will unless the others lose. Nothing next week will get decided. It will come down to that last game of the season, more than likely. Um, and we'll, we'll obviously we'll talk about that after next week, but uh, and we'll we'll give our probably an opinion that will change yet again. You know, if we're sat here next week and Rotherham lose midweek and there's only one game in hand and we're both going into that game on Saturday when we do, you know, when we when we talk after after that, our opinions may change again. I don't think the facts will change, but the opinions might change. The reasons behind everything won't change, but the opinions might change. And I'm just trying, it has been quite a heavy, and rightly so, because Derby are in the shit. Let, let's get that out there. It has been a very negative conversation and it has to be it has to be negative because we have to we have to shoot we just have to tell it as it is is. jason i can't sit here and tell a company line you know what i mean i'm not going to sit here and tell a company line a pr line that's just like oh everything's great and rosy in the garden it's not no it's not and we need just need to wake up you know wake up and smell the coffee here darby are in a relegation dogfight make no mistake about it and the future of this club's hanging in the balance we 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 at this moment in time are a wounded animal Yes. We, are, we are a cornered, wounded animal. And you are, if, if we were a racehorse, we'd be put out of our misery. We, we really, if we, were, if we were an animal, we'd be put out of our misery. Um, but a, a famous saying that I like is, it's not about, oh, let me get this right. It's not the size of the dog, it's the size of the fight in the dog. And... I know we've said, have Derby got the fight? People have questioned, are Derby too good? Tom even mentioned it earlier. Derby are too good to go down. They're too big of a club to go down. No, they're not. No, they're not. Not really. Sheffield Wednesday have got just as good a history as us. But yet, you know, they're sat down there as well. So it's it's testing. It's, it's, it's testing times. It's not making me feel any better. This is something I know that me and you have tried to do um, we, we to express an opinion. We do it because we enjoy it. It don't feel very enjoyable at the moment, Corey. Talking about negative stuff, it really. I get don't. that a lot. People talk. Feels to me. like it's never really enjoyable. Uh, at the moment, it feels like a divorce settlement. It, there's just there's just no you know it's not win win. There's just it's just hatred. You know it's it's just all the negative. Um, but. I'm going to say, uh, obviously, we've both said it. We 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 want Derby to to do well, and uh, hey, wouldn't it be the Derby County way to go to Swansea next Saturday and wipe the floor with them in positive vibes? Absolutely, you know, it's Derby put you through the ringer. There's no doubt about that. Derby never do anything the easy way. They've never done anything the easy way. Certainly in my lifetime, thirty odd years. Um, I wish they would though. Because uh, it's not doing, it's not doing me, not doing my health any, my mental health any favors whatsoever. Derby County football meant to be a thing that takes you away from pressure of life, not add to it. But um, yeah, you know what? It, hey, one thing's for certain: we'll still be here to talk about it, no matter where we are and whatever we're doing. And I'm hoping that you know we we say this a lot again. We're hoping for a bit more of a positive feel about a podcast in the next couple of weeks. Um, We've got some coming up though after the season finishes, Jason, that yeah. might be rather tasty. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, um we're we're not we're not out yet. We've been down in the ninth, but we're not you know, the, that final bell hasn't rung yet, but that knockout blow is looking close. It has to be said. You know, things aren't in our hands. Things haven't been in our hands for a couple of weeks, really. 
Um, things definitely aren't in our hands at this moment in time. Um, and we've just got to hope that those teams below us continue to be crapper than we are. Let, let's let's put it that way. And I think on that note, we, we say goodbye. Corey, thank you very much for the last hour and a half of your time discussing a very very painful subject at this moment in time but it's a, it's a, it has been a pleasure to to discuss it with you and fingers crossed next week's uh review of the Swansea game will be a little a little better things will be a lot more as you say things will be certainly a lot more clearer we'll know what we've got to go into um and I think the best thing to say is we'll take it from there but thank you very much for joining us mate it's been an absolute pleasure Jason I always enjoy it even if the football's not good talking to you is a one of the highlights of my week. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> no, I am glad. But yeah, that will be our next next podcast. We will be previewing what is looking a very, very tasty final day uh, against Sheffield Wednesday at Pride Park. We'll have all the fallout from the uh, from the week's events, from the Swansea game. And the last thing to say, still up the Rams. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at RamsReview1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.